I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 41 of Me When I'm Free. This is the podcast that ponders the question, who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? And what would it be like to live into our unique design on behalf of the world? Let's explore these questions together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. As I record this episode, I am reflecting on the events of this past weekend. After two years of training, I graduated via Zoom with my certification in spiritual direction through the Kairos Project of Sioux Falls Seminary. And just like that, I am a spiritual director. I've been repeating that phrase often, both as a means of celebrating and as an attempt to help myself feel comfortable with this new title. I am a spiritual director. Now, as I take on this role, I am aware that when I enthusiastically announce this new vocation, many are as unaware of what this means as I was not so very long ago. And so in this episode, I will attempt to explain this practice that really defies easy explanations so that I can help those who feel unsure what it means when I say I am a spiritual director. While spiritual direction as a vocation is new to me, my first experience with this practice actually took place in 2016 when I was invited by my friend Christine to join a group of women who would explore the practice of spiritual direction within community. We began by reading Life Together in Christ by Ruth Haley Barton. Using the account of the two disciples encounter with Jesus on the Emmaus Road, Barton explores how we might experience life transformation through our encounter with Christ in the presence of others in Christian community. I share more about this meaningful first meeting in episode six. After our first gathering, Christine sent an email giving guidance on what to expect in future meetings as we all took turns sharing. She offered suggestions for what we might share when it came to be our turn. You could simply give an overview of how God is moving in your life now, she wrote. You can ask a question that is stirring. You can offer reflections on your prayer practices. You can offer a tangle, those places of dis-ease that can spin, or a crisis. You can offer yourself in regards to calling. You can offer places of self-doubt or insecurity. She ended her email with this word of encouragement. It is not possible 
to present incorrectly, except perhaps to choose pretense rather than authenticity. I quickly fell in love with this prayerful practice, which held space to listen to the other, then listen to God, and then offer what we heard back to the other. Soon I began to meet with the spiritual director one-on-one as well. It felt as though I had been hungering for this contemplative spirit-centered practice without ever even knowing it was missing. I appreciate Maureen Conroy's description of spiritual direction in her book, Looking into the Well. Spiritual directors serve as a resting place for those who want to savor God's loving presence and explore God's seeming absence. They become a contemplative presence for those who want to discover how God has been moving in their hearts and how God has been active in their lives. Emily P. Freeman shares this in episode 167 of her podcast. In its simplest form, a spiritual director is a person who holds prayerful space for someone else. The task of the spiritual director is not to literally direct a person, which is often a misconception about spiritual direction, but to remain attentive to the spirit of God on behalf of someone else. God is the director and the process of spiritual direction is a practice of helping people become aware of what God is up to in their lives. Although I'm new to spiritual direction as a vocation, I have found such joy in the sessions that I have held, simply serving as a resting space, a listening presence, a believer that Jesus is with us, listening as well, inviting us to a journey with him. Something about this way of holding space for each other has felt different to me than anything else I've experienced in the church and yet feels so needed. In one of our spiritual direction classes this past spring, a group of church leaders were invited to join us to discuss the idea of spiritual formation in the church. One of the pastors, his name is Dave Campbell, shared how recently he has discovered the pain that adults carry for not being listened to. Their experience in church has been that they sign up for a class or a teaching or a training, but how do they sign up to be listened to? In our class, we then discussed the mere logistics of this question. It's so much easier, strategically speaking, to talk to large numbers of people than to listen, if not merely for the fact that listening well must happen one person at a time, which seems counterintuitive in this fast-paced world. Listening is inefficient, slow, unhurried work. But what if that is exactly what God intended in Christian community? Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote in his book, Life Together, 
The first service one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. It is God's love to us that he not only gives his word, but also lends his ear. Christians so often think they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. This emphasis on listening is also one thing that I think sets apart spiritual direction from other helping professions, such as counseling or coaching or mentoring. While there are certain similarities among all of these, spiritual direction resists problem solving and answering questions and invites the directee simply to a deeper attachment and responsiveness to Jesus, making room to listen to his still small voice. A friend in my cohort describes spiritual direction in this way. Spiritual direction reminds me of being in the woods, camping at night with other people, family, friends, and it's quiet until someone says, did you hear that? And I didn't until I stopped thinking to listen with the other for what was heard. And then it becomes clear. Having a soul companion, listening, looking, discerning, holding the mirror for me to notice and appreciate God's presence is such a gift. I love this metaphor because it highlights the gift in simply paying attention. I wonder what we miss when we do not. Today, I met with my spiritual director for our monthly appointment. This is only our second time meeting, as I recently discerned with my former spiritual director that it would be helpful to experience direction under someone new as I discover my own particular bent and giftings as a director. We open with silence. I breathe. Over time, I feel my tense shoulders ease into relaxation. My swirling thoughts turn toward Jesus' presence. When I'm ready, I open my eyes and begin to pour out the happenings of recent weeks, the hopeful anticipation that is stirring. But then I admit that I'm noticing sadness too. I don't fully have words for it, but I attempt to find some. My spiritual director listens quietly, intently, patiently. When I have run out of words, She feeds back to me what she had heard, framing what I've said and even left unsaid, naming some of the emotions and tensions I am currently experiencing. She pauses more than once to listen in prayer, to invite me to do the same, to engage directly with Jesus, to listen again. I'm surprised by tears that I did not know were waiting for this invitation to arrive. I end our session lighter, freer, more deeply connected to and aware of Jesus' presence. And so today, friend, 
I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. Spiritual direction is just one practice under the umbrella of spiritual formation. Dallas Willard offers a definition of Christian spiritual formation in his book, Renovation of the Heart, as the spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself. Take a moment to reflect on that definition, maybe even write it down. I'll say it again. Spiritual formation is the spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself. Question two. Rich Velotis writes in his book, The Deeply Formed Life, that whether we know it or not, see it or not, understand it or not, we are always at risk of being shallowly formed. He lists several ways this happens by our false selves, our families of origin, the highly manipulated presentations of social media, the value systems of the world. He then writes, so we need to be regularly called back to the essence of our lives in God. That essence is one of ongoing transformation that is Christ being formed in us. What practices, deep or shallow, are forming you, friend? Take a moment to notice. Then would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'm reading them from the message translation. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, would you transform our everyday, ordinary lives as we learn to fix our attention on your presence 
and respond to your invitations. It's in your strong name we pray. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness and calling. I love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. Click the share button on the podcast if you know a friend who needs an encouraging reminder that they aren't alone either. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.